Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're good, Lord. I want to read y'all something, and we're just going to kind of pray as we read it. It's Psalm 27, and it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Lord, thank you that you're our hiding place, Lord. Oh, that you set us safe, Lord. Oh, Lord God, that, that the enemy may war against us, Lord. But, Father God, we're safe with you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. And it goes on to say, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. Oh, yes, so we do offer sacrifices of joy in your tabernacle. Yes, Lord. Lord. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Oh, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. And when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And so, Lord God, we come in this morning, Lord, and we come together, Lord. Oh, we come longing, you, Lord, Lord, for you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We come longing, Lord, for a safe place, Lord, yes, Lord. for a refuge, Lord. Yes, oh, Lord. thank you, Lord, that you're a warrior, Lord, and that you war, Lord. Oh, that you uphold us, Lord. Oh, that you keep us safe, Lord, and that you're thank desiring you, us to seek your face, yes, Lord. Lord. And so we come together this morning, Lord, and we can confess with our mouths, Lord, that we're going to seek your face, Yes, we Lord. are, Lord. Oh, because we desire you and we're hungry for you, Lord. And there's nothing like you, Lord. There's Thank you, no Lord. one yes, like Lord. you, Lord. Oh, you have the answer, Lord, and you have the way, Lord. And so we look to you, Lord, and we say that we trust you and we yes, love we you, do, Lord. Lord. That's right. We and trust we put you, our Lord. faith in you this morning, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God, that it's your name, Lord, the enemy flees, Lord, that it's your name, Lord. People are saved, Lord. Oh, come and bring glory to your name this morning, Lord. Oh, bring glory to your name, Lord, in this nation, Lord. Lord. Oh, we long for you, Lord, Lord. and we're hungry for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father God, speak through Pastor Paul, Lord. Lord. Oh, have your way in him, Lord God. Have your way in us, Lord Lord. God, because we love you, Lord, and we're seeking you, Lord. Oh, have your way, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. You may be seated. God is saying to me and God is saying through me, there is a way out. There is a way out. Seek me. Seek the way out. I will show you the way out. I will open doors that no man can open. I will open. I will make the way. I will make the high places low. Come to me. 
Ask of me. I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Move with me. Move with me. I saw the end before the beginning. Give me the reins. Let me reign. Let me lead you out. I know the way. I know the way out, says the Lord. Move with me. Move with me. Don't be afraid. I am with you. There is a way out. Come to me. Amen. Church, God is on the move. And he is moving in the big and he's moving in the small. Um, there's so many things going on this morning. that uh, Some things, we've, we've seen another miracle this morning. Um, dealing with, with, with people that are, that are in fear. And um, if, if you are not connected, if you are not seeking and if you are not working on your relationship with the Lord, fear is going to get you. And no matter what I, what I teach, no matter what your Sunday school teacher teaches, no, no matter what your friends come and tell you and tell you the right things, until you decide to go after it, it's not going to change. You have to make that decision. Your husband can't make it for you. Your wife can't make it for you. Your children can't. Your parents can't. You have to decide. I'm not going by this voice that's bringing fear into my life. I know what this says. Now, you may say, Pastor, that sounds so easy. That sounds so simple. I will tell you that if you will just start getting in God's word, he is going to cause the enemy to leave. I'm, an, I'm, I'm, with the, uh, I'm with the understanding that if I'll just try, God's going to do it. I don't have to do it perfectly. I may not even know how to approach it the correct way. But if I have the right heart and if I return to the Lord, He's going to fix my problems. That may sound like a, that may sound too good to be true. But I'm telling you, if you are not in the Word, you are a target that is going to go down. Without it, you're defenseless. I'm going to show you today that Jesus used Scripture. If Jesus needed to use Scripture, how much more do we need to use it? When Satan comes after Jesus, he used the written Word of God. How much more do I need to know that? How much more do I need that? I'm not Jesus. In my natural self, I cannot take on Satan. He will bust me up one side and down the other, kind of like Alabama did to Tennessee yesterday, except worse. He is going to get me. But when I come after him with the word of God, he will never win. Never. He cannot he cannot stand to God's word. These things that are coming after you, depression, fear, whatever it is that you are battling with, can't stand in the presence of God. 
we can do everything right. We can try to position ourselves and just do everything right. But, but removing Jesus and his word, we are a sitting duck. And no matter how many times you come in with, to me for counsel, no matter how many times that we deal with issues, until you decide... Same thing with my life, the things that I'm going through. I can stand up here and say all the right things, but until I truly believe and I start walking in them and applying them to my life, I'm going to continue to get beaten up. Um, I, you know, I'm, 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 skeptical's not the right word. Um, I can't help it. I, I got to share something that's just happened to us this morning. Um, if you know, we've walked through many things in our life in the last month. I've been sharing them with you. Hopefully, I, I hope that you enjoy my personal applications because many times I hold them back thinking they don't want to hear anything about my kids anymore. They don't want to hear my stories anymore. They've heard them. By the way, did you know where I started in this church? I guarantee you there are some here today that doesn't know it. I started in the sound booth. I started serving. By serving God, the doors started opening for me. That sounds too easy to be true. I will tell you, if you'll start serving, the doors are going to start opening for you. But um, I've been sharing kind of our, our life walk here the last few few months with Elizabeth having a tumor in her throat. And by a miracle and by, an, and um, lack of a better term, exercising of her faith going in and this this thing doing something odd and and all of a sudden the doctor said it's not there anymore. Um, but it was by her listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying and doing something that she didn't know to do. And she went in there and pushed on something and here it all comes. And they were ready to cut on her again. And they said, it's gone. Go get a second opinion. I would not operate. I don't see any sign of it. Praise God. Then, amen. I'm leading you up to something. Then we have our jewelry stolen out of our house. I think there's no way we're getting this back. No way. I didn't tell her this, but that's what I was thinking. She didn't accept it. She was a stinking bulldog going to the, going to the, going to the uh, police and staying on top of them. And I was, I was being uh, kind of spying and say, well, getting uh, license tag numbers and hiding. I got my child. And I'm like, stay down, stay down. There, there, there he is. Stay down. Who? Who? Nobody. Don't worry about it. I got it. Let me call. I got the, I got the number. We couldn't get a, a tag number. And, um, you know, you can imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to be real for you if I can. The guy pawned it. The police recovered it. And we got it back. Uh, if, if you know our worldly system, you know that that's highly unlikely. It was insured. We would have had it totally paid for. But we didn't want the money. It was a ring given by, it was her mother's ring passed down that my, my daughter's name's Rita Marie to be passed down from her mother Rita Marie down to my daughter Rita Marie and we want the ring back. And God, I don't know what to say, but your word shows me that when David had everything stolen, his wife and all the plunder was taken, he got it all back. I don't see that that's really that much different here. Now Lord, I'm a little bit in my heart thinking, I don't see it, but I can't go by what I see. I'm going to pray. And she's standing. Okay, I'll stand with her. Um, then we had some issues happen in, in the, the school system. The, the water's parted for us. It's just been one thing after the next. Well, last week, 
my sister-in-law let her they, she has two little two little dogs from the same litter and she let one of them out 10 minutes later the dog was gone didn't know if a hawk to it took it or a, a coyote took it or i mean just to let it out 10 minutes later you know they said people have been stealing dogs could somebody have swiped it well could somebody be staking out somebody's house just waiting for him to let it out and just 10 minutes later and you know i'm like i don't know so we were on vacation, came back, and I searched all through their woods, walked, praying. I was praying most of the time. Lord, I don't even know really how to pray here, but I know that it's hurting them, and I know that we can pray for them. They don't go to our church. They don't necessarily believe like I believe, but you've got me out here, and all I can think to do is pray. All Elizabeth's been doing is praying. All my children have been doing is praying. Well, it's been a week or two already. That dog's either dead or gone. Gone. No way. No way we're getting this back. This morning, I walk in, and I don't know if you saw me walk in and just look at my wife and like, what? The dog got returned today. Now, that may not sound like that big a deal, but God's saying, will you please trust me? What you're standing for, and what this said to me today is that when you come up for prayer, I can believe for your healing. I believe for my sister-in-law's dog. Of all things, and you know what? We have a tendency of thinking, it's just a dog. You know? I mean, it hurts, but it's a dog. I have a dog. I love my dog, but it's a dog. It's not like believing for healing of cancer or believing of, you know, something big. But God says, oh, no, I'm with you on the big, on the big and the little. I'm with you with what you're standing for and with what you're standing with your brother for. I'm with you. And if you'll trust me, I'm going to do it. He is desiring to work in this city, in this church, in our nation. Will we just trust him? You may say, Pastor, that's just a little bit too minor. That that just doesn't, I I don't care. It's what I needed. It's what my sister-in-law needed. And I needed to be able to stand with her. And I was saying, God, we're going to give you the glory. And it's going to be impossible for this family to see that it was anything other than God. And if it's a way that you can lead, they're saved, I'm not trying to say, but if it's a way that somebody can be led to you because of it, praise God, we're going to give you the glory for it. So I'm standing up here bubbling, and I can't hardly keep from letting it out for you. You're believing for something. Don't stop and grab hold of somebody at Life Group, and you guys agree, and get Scripture to show you how to stand on it. Does Scripture back this up? Yes. I believe that my plunder includes my dog. I paid for it. I care for it. I love it. I don't want to go into the topic of the dogs go to heaven. We're not going there. But yet I, it's, I, I have a relationship with my dog. I love my dog. God loves me. And he wants to provide for my every need. So what little thing that you're believing for, what big thing, We need to get after it, and we need to get after it with God's word. Can I get after these things with God's word? If I can't, then it may be something that we we don't need to pray for. But I can't hardly find anything that I love that's not inappropriate that God won't take care of me on. Amen? I'm just trying to tell you, God's wanting to do a miracle. You know, we've still got some big miracles in, in, in our lives, in our lives personally. And you know what? Every time God reveals himself, it just tells me, you know what? I believe he can do this thing that we've been praying for for years and years and years. You know what? And it's time that I really apply myself to that.
God says, I can heal, I can heal that situation if you'll just believe me. All right. The word of God. We've been talking about God's word. I want to tell you again, without it, if y'all can bring that up, without it, you are going to get beat up. I've told you the one thing that will change your life, I think, more than any is by reading his word every day. I can stand a few amens. Even if you don't feel like it, say it anyway. Amen. You know what? That might be a good approach. Even if you don't feel like it, say it anyway. Because I need it. I need to know you're here. I need to know you hear me. Something you like at all. Go ahead and say it. Amen. You know, I'm up here bubbling thinking, man, I've got to let this out. You know, somebody here needed to hear that. Somebody next to you needs to hear an amen every now and then. It might wake them up. What did he say? The, the next phrase I say might be the thing they need to hear. Amen. So last week we looked at this topic real quickly. Whose word is it? I tried to help build a case on the authoritative word of God. And we saw that the word authority comes from the word author. The authority of any work is the authority of the author. If, if God says that he's written this book, then the authority of that word goes back to God. Amen? When you read someone's, uh, let's say you read a self-helper. You know, if you go and read on leadership, like let's take uh, Deming, the, let's see, uh, or let's take Lee Iacocca over Chrysler. You go and you read what he has done. You go back, and, and what's the authority behind what he wrote? His past. Has he been able to do what he said, what he says works? And yes, he has. When we go and we look at God's word, where does the authority in, in turn end? In God himself. Who is God? So it's the author who gives the authority to whatever it produces. So it's important to know who the author is. So who's the author? We see here in 2 Timothy 3.16, we saw this last week. All scripture, say all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What a great scripture. If we go back, it says all scripture is profitable. Now, I wanted to, uh, I, we, we first introduced this song. Um, it's probably been, I don't know, five years ago. I don't know if it's been quite that long. But that song we did, Blessed Be Your Name, we did it during offering, right? Do you guys remember? Well, the part that we didn't get to is one of my favorite parts. It's the bridge, and it says, you give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your glorious name. And I had somebody come to me and say, you give and take away. I don't like that. Let's not sing that. That doesn't quite line up. I'm like, yeah, it does. It totally lines up. A good father knows what to give and knows what not to give. A good father knows how to let, let a child have something or to take something away that they don't need. That is absolutely a good description of a good father. And it says in uh, Job chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, and he said, naked I came, this is Job speaking, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, what a description from Job having everything stripped from him. And yet he says, you know what my father knows best? I will bless the Lord. 
This says all scripture is profitable. Fathers, if you are wanting to know how to father your children, look at how God, look at God the Father's character. And I believe that is a perfect picture of how you are to father and to to be the leader of your household. What is his character? Doesn't mean it's always nice. Sometimes you have to make some serious decisions. You know what? God can make serious decisions. He knows how to make the big decision. You fathers over your household, men over your household, you're the one that needs to make the big decision, and you need to make the right one. And you need God to help you. All Scripture is profitable, not just the ones you like. I'm going to tell you, there's a Scripture, I believe it's in James, or it may be in uh, in um, 1 John. I can't remember exactly where it is, but one Scripture says, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's sin. That's one of those that I've told y'all before. I kind of wished I never stumbled over that, so I didn't know that. You know, have you ever read a scripture and think, man, I wish, I, I wish I'd missed that one because that one hurts. But to know the right thing, I had somebody call me and say, my girlfriend, who I'm very serious with, is wanting to go to a haunted house. Boy, it's quiet now. I got you. I got you. I got you. What do I do? And I said, I'm not going to go into all the details that I said. I said, well, you can't control your girlfriend. You don't need to control your girlfriend. But if you know what's right to do and you don't do it, it's sin. And if you know what you're going into is demonic, if you know what you're going into, now I'm going to, I'm going to turn this back around and show you where I've messed up. But if you know what you're about to walk into is wrong and you still do it, my Bible tells me if I know what's right to do and I don't do it, it's sin. I said, don't go in. Now, let me flip the coin on you. We were at Disney. And we had found out about these things called hidden Mickeys. They're, they're these little tiny things that are all over the place in inconspicuous places. And they may not even look exactly like a Mickey, but they've, they've put the ears and the, the, you know, the head in inconspicuous places, thousands of places all over. And you've got these little books, and you go around and find them. They kind of tell you. It's kind of like a treasure hunt. Well, one was in uh, the Haunted Mansion at Mickey at, at uh, Magic Kingdom. So I, of course, think, I read. What's in it? Is there anything scary? No, it says uh, this, this um, dark ride filled with happy haunts. I read happy haunts. And you know what? Their descriptions are usually pretty close. If they say it's going to be scary, if they say you're going to be nauseous, usually are. So I said, let's go do it. Genevieve? Elizabeth said, I don't want to go in it. My kids say, I don't want to go in it. I'm like, well, I want to find this hidden Mickey. It says it's not that bad. Let's go in it. Are you sure? Yeah, let's go. Here I am. I'm the one dragging my kids in. And they're like, is this going to be scary? What are we going to do? And, you know, here I am. What am I thinking? And we get in there, and it's totally demonic. There's seances, and they're bringing people back from the dead, and these witches. And I'm like, what have I done? What what kind? You know, look, what do I do? You know, who am I? I'm a pastor. I knew what I was walking in through. Yet, 
Hidden Mickey. And Ruth Ann's sitting right next to me and says, I'm going to have bad dreams about this. That sounds funny, but she was serious. And I said, no, you're not. We're going to get out of this place and we're going to confess what we did wrong, what I did wrong. Really, family, it wasn't your fault. It was my fault. And I'm sorry. I should not have done it. I feel like a completely horse's rear end. That was stupid. In the name of Jesus, forgive me for that. That was demonic. I want nothing to do with that. Forgive my, forgive me for leading. I led my family into that. So I could find some stupid thing. (laughs) But think about the things that we do. It's that easy that we allow ourselves to walk into the enemy. And a lot of times we know we're doing it. Now, I had to plead the blood of Jesus right after. That is witchcraft. It is demonic. And if it, it's something that if I don't apply right then, it could, it could haunt my children the rest of their life. And I told my child, no, you're not either. We're going to pray against that, and you're never going to think about that again. That was my fault, and I'm going to help you right through this, and no way. No way. But all Scripture, all Scripture is for is profitable. That Scripture that says if you know what's wrong to do and yet you still do it, it's sin, that is profitable. That will protect you. There is something in your spirit when you receive Jesus Christ, when you're about to walk into something, something in your spirit says, don't do it. I'm here to help you. Don't do it. Don't do it. It says, if you want to become complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, Scripture will deliver that to you. All Scripture. So let's keep going. Jesus and the Word. Let's look at Jesus. If you remember last week, I just briefly mentioned that when we hear the, the phrase, the Word of God, it can, ha- it can have two different meanings. It can mean the written Word of God, which is the obvious one, or the Bible, or it also means who? Jesus. Where do we see this? We see this in first in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So how does Jesus relate to the Word? We need to consider His attitude, the attitude of Jesus Himself toward Scripture. Because for us who are His disciples... Jesus was the pattern. Jesus is the pattern. How did he relate to Scripture? Let's look at how he responded in discussion with with some Jewish leaders. In John 10.35, this is Jesus speaking. He said, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the Scripture cannot be broken. I'm going to stop there right in the middle of that verse. Jesus here gives us two titles that his followers have used ever since. The word of God, it said right there that we just read, it said he called them gods to whom the word of God came and also he gave us the phrase, the scripture. Jesus gave us these. Where he uses the word of God, it means it preceded from God. It precedes 
from God. It did not come from man. It came down from heaven from God. And where he says the scripture, that is what has been recorded in writing. God has said many things that have never been recorded in writing. But those that have been recorded for us are for special benefit. They contain everything we need for salvation. They contain everything we need to lead an abundant life today. Jesus' attitude is summed up in this phrase, the scripture cannot be broken. Nothing can express the authority of scripture more completely than that single phrase. So now let's look. How did Jesus use scripture? He is our pattern. Let's look at when he was taken out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Here in Matthew 3 records Jesus' baptism. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water and the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, and and I am fully pleased with him. You might think immediately, right after this, after Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit ascended onto him, that his life was going to be peachy from there on. Everything's taken care of. But that's not the case. He had the endorsement of the Holy Spirit and the Father. He had the endorsement of the Father and the Holy Spirit himself, along with John John the Baptist. Now, wouldn't you think things were about to be very smooth, everything was just going to go great for him real quick on endorsement you know what the only endorsement i care about today is what does god desire who gets god's endorsement i'll leave it at that um so he gets baptized the holy spirit ascends on him what immediately happens He goes into the wilderness, fasts for 40 days, and is tempted by Satan himself immediately. Don't imagine that God's blessing will always make life easy for you. In fact, it may get more difficult sometimes because Satan attacks those that strongly opposes him. Why would he attack you if you're not in opposition to him? You're no threat. Go ahead. Keep going the route you're going. I don't need to worry about you. You're in great shape in Satan's eyes. But when you start shaking up the, stirring up the waters, he's going to start attacking you. And you can see the moment that Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness. By who? Who led him to the wilderness? The Holy Spirit led him. Luke 4.1, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. But look what happened at the end of the 40 days. Luke 4, 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout the surrounding regions. Now, we can real quickly allow this just to go right over our heads and just go on with the story. But don't. It's one thing to be led by the Spirit. It's another thing to move in the power of the Spirit. He came back after temptation in the power of the Spirit. Jesus did not do this until he had 
come in conflict with Satan and won. In some degree or other, we will have to walk that same path. We will be tested. And if we will allow ourselves to let the Lord work through us in that test, we are going to come out in power. When Satan came to Jesus in Matthew 4, the first thing he did was try to put doubt in his mind. And that is nearly always the initial approach of Satan, is to make you doubt. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You get home and you think, man, that's too good to be true. There's no way God could have forgiven me for what I've done. And doubt comes in. You receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What's the first thing that comes to you? Did I really get it? Is this really real? Doubt comes immediately. Immediately comes doubt. It says in Matthew 4, 3, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Remember, just a moment ago, the Father himself said, This is my beloved, Satan, my, my beloved Son. But Satan was challenging Jesus to doubt what he had heard from God. You know, it's the same thing that he did to Eve. Did God really say that? What did he really mean by that? He didn't mean not this fruit right here. He meant something else. Or he, he really meant you shouldn't have this because of what it's going to give you. No, he really didn't say that. Go ahead and eat it. Satan's come and said, change these stones to bread. Basically saying, if you're the son of God, do something to prove it. Make these stones turn to bread. But look how Jesus answered. I'm going to close here. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is very important. Jesus dealt with temptation by meeting it with the word of God. Jesus himself. Jesus himself. What I'm trying to say today is you can't do it without it. If Jesus had to have it, do you not think you need it? He started each phrase with temptation with, it is written. Don't think for a moment that you're clever enough to go up against the devil. He has been out this a long time. And let me tell you something. He knows scripture. And if you don't know it, he's going to twist you and confuse you and make you head back with your head between your legs, wishing you'd never come out of the hole. But I want you to catch every single time Jesus met him with, it is written, Satan changed the subject. He didn't stay there. I want you to see that that conversation ended and a new one began. Satan comes and says, you need to do this. You respond with the word of God. He's not going to come back at you with that same question. Hmm. That didn't work. We try something else. He knew he had no answer to Scripture. Don't be tempted into trying to overcome Satan with your wits. Answer him with the word of God. The Scripture is authoritative. Accept it. Live by it. 
answer the devil with it. He cannot answer the written word of God. That's why you must know God's word. You are helpless and defenseless without it. I'll stop there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I just ask you that we would change. Lord, you're so desiring us to come to you. Lord, as a pastor of this church, how do I get my sheep to start reading your word every day? It is not for my benefit, even though the church will benefit from it. It's for your benefit, church. God's going to move mightily in your life if you will start pursuing him. How can we respond to Satan with the word of God when we don't know the word of God? We can't do it. Father, help us. Help us, Lord, to turn to you, to make the right decisions this week. We have a choice this week to make. Will we return to you or will we keep going in the route that we're going? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to not lead our family into demonic activity. And, Lord, if we do, to repent and to turn quickly. Lord, I think that was such a good description. You didn't want my family to go in there. And, Lord, I knew it walking in there. But I disobeyed. And I let the world and I let my flesh drag us in there. Lord, how easy it is for me to do that. Forgive me, Lord, and help me to stand up and say, who cares about a hidden Mickey? Sounds so simple. But my little child's heart is at risk. My heart is at risk. We don't know what risk we place when we step into that. You just can see Satan say, I got you. I got you now. Help us to fight with it is written. It is written. Lord, I just want to say today that I love you. Lord, I submit myself to you and I humble myself before you. And Lord, I acknowledge the fact that I don't know everything and I can't do everything. But Lord, I know that when I allow you to fill me and when I allow you to operate through my life that I can do all things. Your word says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. There is nothing that can come my way that I can't handle when I allow you to lead me. Lord, I ask that our church, that this church here will allow you to lead us and that we would choose to start seeking you. And one way to seek you is by reading your word. Lord, help us to covenant 10 minutes a day to come to you. Lord, we need you. If there is anybody here under the sound of my voice that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want you to know today is the day. You've been running around trying to find every other option, and it's just not there. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That which you've walked in here with, you don't have to walk in here. You don't have to walk out of here with anymore. whether it's stealing or whether it's lying or whether it's sexual sin or whether it's pornography or whatever it is that you've done. 
Jesus' blood was enough. Give your heart to Jesus today. If that's you, I want you to walk this aisle today. Scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes all of us. And it also says that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's time to turn your life over to Jesus. There are those here that need prayer, that are going through battling, like I said earlier, fear or depression or rejection. Those that are battling things with their mind. Church, don't think for a second that it's not real. It is real. It's demonic, and Satan's trying to keep a hold on you. And it's time today to return to the Lord. Jesus, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. You may say, you don't know what's going through my mind. I know Scripture says that you have the mind of Christ, and there is no room for depression. There is no room for rejection. There is no room for any of these mental issues. God is ready to restore, and He is a healer. If that's you, I want you to walk this aisle today. If there are those here that are needing healing or have family members that need healing, or you're just believing for a miracle, come up here. Step out in faith. Trust God to help you. Maybe you can't do it on your own. Maybe you say, well, Pastor, I'm kind of standing on what you're saying. Fine, come up here. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. And I'm going to pray for you to believe that God is who He says He is and to try Him and to see that He won't be faithful. God wants to prove Himself faithful in your life. Thank you, Lord. If you're needing healing in your body in any way or a family member, we want to pray for you. Or if you have any other issue, we want to pray for you. If everybody would stand, if my deacons and Pastor Stephen and Lee would come forward, walk this aisle today, church. Let's believe God to move in our lives.